the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message today is entitled Explosive Potential in Christ. Now, we hope that you enjoy today's message. You may already know that due to our time constraints, we are not always able to bring you the complete message at one sitting. But you are always able to go to reachingyourheart.com. And there on the main page, you'll see the broadcast schedule. This message in its entirety, as well as any of the other broadcasts you hear, are available there for you to download or listen to. Here's Pastor Mike. I am very grateful today that Jesus Christ is on his throne He's not idle up there, and He's not content we be so down here. Today we're going to talk about what it means to be gifted, to have gifts that matter in the church. Give us the gift of Jesus, the motivation to serve you so it doesn't descend into legalism, but it ascends into the high expectation of our upward calling in Christ to the goal of God Almighty. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was a young boy, I had no idea where Christ would lead me. None whatsoever. I remember the night before I left home, it came to a head for me and my best friend, Jeff. I mean, we parted company right there that night. It was an amazing thing. I'd made a decision to become a Christian. And I'd signed up at a Christian boarding school, Fletcher Academy, to pursue the explosive potential of growing up into Christ. I didn't know what that meant, but I knew that something was pulling me into the future, and it was Jesus. I knew He was real. It wasn't an ordinary school in those days. It was a Christian school that taught you how to work hard with your hands. Did you hear me? Work hard with your hands. They had a work program. Taught you trades. I didn't have any way to make money, so I thought if I went to school there, I could at least support myself. It taught you also how to study intensely and to achieve academically by stretching the mind. It didn't emphasize one at the expense of the other. It put the two together. And then it also thirdly taught you how to pray and study the Bible and to come to know the Lord Jesus by expanding the spiritual capacity. It didn't waste time on self-esteem talk. It taught you how to achieve so you would have self-esteem. Body, mind, and spirit, your spiritual dimension, 100% for Jesus. It was a school that focused on the transformation of Christian character, and I wanted to go there. It was a different idea than the one I grew up with, which was basically just live for yourself and kind of float along and get by with as little as you can. At the age of 15, I made a decision, as I said, to give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the life I surrendered was not all that impressive. In fact, there was nothing really good about it. I needed a master. I didn't need good advice. I needed someone to be the Lord of my life, to control it, to take control of those out-of-control areas that I had no way of reeling in, and to give me a future. I remember the night just before I left for school, as if it was yesterday. I was fishing with my friend Jeff 
on the bank of New River in Freeze, Virginia. And yes, it can freeze in Freeze, Virginia. It was right below the big dam. It was the best fishing spot in that whole region. It was late at night, and I was packed to go. And I had grown up fishing. I wanted to have a good fishing experience before I left to go to academy. We were fishing for catfish. We caught a pretty good size one that night. There were bigger ones out there that I didn't get. And I remember Jeff and I had good times and bad times together. The good times were fewer than the bad times because we made evil a big part of our interaction. We were engaged in vandalism. I remember breaking into places and putting sugar in gas tanks, breaking into pot machines, things today I'm fully embarrassed of. You might call that gang activity, and I guess that's what I was a part of. We didn't call ourselves that, but we functioned that way. One of my friends actually killed somebody. He took a pop bottle and broke it over his head and killed him. Now, Jeff taught me how to drink at an early age, and I have absolutely no tolerance for those folks in the church who will encourage our young people to drink, because I know what it did to me as a young person. It compromised me spiritually. I saw what it did to my grandfather who died an alcoholic. I don't expect to see him in the kingdom. Alcohol is not the friend of the Christian church. And Jeff taught me how to drink. And for that, I was ashamed as I came to know Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, how did I find him? He found me. He found me. His spirit found me. And I decided by the grace of Jesus to turn around to move into the future with him, not without him, to have a master in my life and to put that stuff far behind me. And so here I was with my old friend. And the question was, would he remain my friend? Jeff was offered the same choice and he chose to stay right where he was and keep that stuff. That night we parted company with different paths that would never take us down the same road again. We parted that night. And I remember turning to him and pleading with him. I said, Jeff, please come with me. Please come with me. And we'll go to that Christian school, Fletcher, together. They accepted me, and that's a miracle. I know they'll let you in. Jeff, take the step with me to let Jesus take over your life. Let's go together. He turned to me, and he said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be a baseball player in the major leagues. I'm going to be a writer. I'm not going to wreck my life like you're getting ready to do. I'm going to travel the world. And I'll tell you right now what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to wreck my life with this Jesus stuff that you have in your head. I couldn't walk with Jeff as a friend and walk with Jesus any longer. He never became the writer he wanted to be. He never joined the major leagues. He never traveled the world. And today I doubt he's even alive because of the things that dragged his life down. I look back on that night as one of the most important in my own personal life. Christ had taken the clay of my life. I was nothing but mud as I was making the decision at that formative period. And even though he isn't finished with me now, in retrospect, as I look back, I can see how his hand has been present. And I'm so grateful for choosing Jesus. Because of Jesus, I left ignorance, real ignorance, and I have an education today. That's because of Jesus. 
Because of Jesus, I learned to work hard and I was naturally lazy. And I put my best energy to the task at hand for Jesus. Because of Jesus, I learned to study hard, to expand my mind. I have an average IQ. He allowed me and filled me with the Spirit so I could achieve academic excellence with dyslexia. And because of Jesus, I learned to pray and to confess my sins. And sins that I would have to deal with on occasion again and again. And in so doing, I learned that there is righteousness on the road to ultimate righteousness. There is acceptance and peace on the road to perfection, which I don't have. And I learned that character can change when you pray and have the Lord Jesus in your life. Today, my boys are almost grown. They're in Florida at a religious conference. I just learned that my son Donald's witnessing to an Islamic individual. Now, my son is an in-your-face kind of person. He comes and he has energy and force. He'd naturally be a Napoleon if he had a chance. In fact, when he was a child, he used to take his camera and stick his hand in his shirt and photograph himself looking like Napoleon. He wants to be a leader. But it thrills my heart to see him sharing his faith in a difficult setting with others, learning to grow in Christ and share their faith. My boys are almost grown. They're moving into adulthood. I owe that to the Lord Jesus. It's a miracle that my children are Christians in light of where I came from. And none of this is the product of me. None of it's the product of where I came from either. If I should lose Jesus, and I do not plan to lose Jesus, I don't think there'd be anything for my life today. And I don't ever want to do that. It would be so easy to slip back into the hole that Jesus, by His grace, pulled me out of. Today I say with confidence that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed to be a Christian. I'm not ashamed of what Jesus can do with a life like mine. I'm not ashamed of a Savior who has explosive potential for every believer who will surrender their life to Him. The Apostle Paul wrote some things that are very important to me, and I want to share them with you this morning. This morning, I'd like to share three life-changing principles that come right out of God's Word that make it possible for you to realize your explosive potential in Jesus Christ. You see, friend, it is not in the plan of Jesus for you to be a loser and not make it to God's kingdom. Did you hear me? God did not set you up to hear the truth and then fail on the eve of the advent of Jesus. It's not God's will that you be overcome by sin, that you be overcome by the habits or background that you inherited, and even the religious package that has weighed heavy on your mind and heart in the context of a church setting. It's not His will. There is explosive potential for you in Jesus Christ, and the church is the place where God wants to develop the best you in Jesus Explosive potential in Jesus. Power pack principle number one. Write these down. Number one, to move ahead, you must forget what lies behind. To move ahead, you must forget what lies behind. Take your Bibles. Turn with me to Philippians 3, verse 13. Paul says, Brethren, I do not consider that I have made it my own. He's talking about perfection here. Those people running around the church who claim they're perfect are really big sinners. The apostle Paul who had the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in his life, who had the testimony of Jesus so much so that we can say with confidence the clearest expression of the gospel was articulated by Paul in the book of Romans. 
Paul said, brethren, I do not consider that I have made it my own. I'm not perfect yet. And then he says this, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Friend, to move ahead, you must forget what lies behind. When Jesus forgave your sins at the cross, and He did, and you receive it on your knees, you must. You're forgiven on your knees as you accept Jesus right there too. Because it becomes real for you. And Jesus took your sins at the cross. He took them away. He put them in a bag and He threw them into the sea. And He said, it is finished when He had atoned for them. When He did that, you weren't suddenly perfect, but you were forgiven and justified in His eyes. When you receive it by faith, that's what happens. You're forgiven and justified. It becomes real for you. He did something for you that you could never do for yourself. He took your past and He made it irrelevant to your future. Did you hear me? He took your past and He said, that doesn't define who you are anymore. Who you are is not a function of what you've done, where you've come from, your faults of character, even your sinful nature. Who you are is defined by what I am doing for you as your Savior on the cross of Calvary. Christ doesn't live in the past for you, friend. Christ is in the future and the present. He took His victory into the presence of God so that you could be accepted. You're going to meet Him in the last day and built upon the platform of His acceptance. You have the confidence to overcome sin and move into the future. So even though He's with you through the Holy Spirit, you have to press on to meet Him when He returns. Now the biggest obstacle to that is to remember where you came from too much, so much so you think you're still there. Paul understood correctly that you can't do that if you want to move into the future. The past cannot control you. It's one of the shortest verses in the Bible, almost as short as Jesus wept in John eleven thirty five. It's in John seventeen thirty one. Jesus said, Remember Lot's wife. You ever read that verse in the Bible? Remember Lot's wife? Why? Because she looked behind. They were fleeing Sodom. They were moving out. The angel says, don't look behind. She looked behind. Friend, all that's left of her in Jesus' day was a pillar of salt that the historian Josephus said could be seen in that day. She was a testament and a monument to looking behind. She didn't move one step forward when she looked behind. Paul says, forget the things that lie behind and press on toward the goal and the upward calling in Christ Jesus. The command to forget the things of the past involves both negative and some things positive. You must forget the negative and some things positive too. You see, it's possible to be controlled by negative experiences and negative memories and negative failures in the past, so much so that it paralyzes you so you can't move on. No doubt you have sinned in the past. How many of you have sinned in the past? You all have sinned in the past, haven't you? And maybe every one of you knows you've sinned. Some of you don't know. Well, we'll pray for the ones that don't know. You know, the devil always has people in the church who like to remind you that you've sinned in the past. I mean, they look holy. They're really rotten to the core. 
When someone goes out of their way to remind you that you let God down or to prick you with some moral failing that you committed in the past, that person is an agent of Satan in your life. Absolute agent of Satan. I've met him in the church. Sometimes they're elders or deacons. We don't want those kinds of elders and deacons here. If you're inclined that way and you've been asked, repent before you accept the nominating committee call. No doubt you failed Jesus in the past. That's obvious. And maybe the gossip room is full of talk about what you have done. No doubt there's some ugly things in your life in the past. And maybe some tragedies that sear your memory. Maybe your background's so bad that you're just utterly embarrassed. Friend, the Lord Jesus, through the Apostle Paul, who had the testimony of Jesus, he gave the command to forget it. Jeremy, just forget it. You can't fix that stuff. You can confess it. Confess it once if you have a hard time, maybe twice. No more than that. You can make amends as best you can, but usually you can't fix everything. And once you've given it to Jesus, you have to move on. You have to move on. Bury it at the cross and let God give you a new life for the future. The problem with psychoanalytic theory and Sigmund Freud, and I really have a dim view of this kind of approach to changing lives, the idea you can sit in a room, tell an unbeliever everything you've ever done, let them kind of analyze it, and somehow that helps you. Friend, what helps you is when you fall on your knees, you tell the Lord Jesus everything you've ever done, and you look to that cross, and you know that everything you ever did was nailed to that cross, and he said, Father, forgive them. That helps you get over what you did. The problem with the modern mess of our secular society is it thinks that somehow through an analytical approach, these kind of issues can be solved. You don't need to get help from people who deny the lordship of Jesus Christ. You need Jesus. Jesus doesn't ask you to fix your old life by laying it out before men and women who disdain him. Jesus offers you a new life, a transformed life, a radically different life. Find a Christian brother or sister, share with them a little bit, and then pray about it. Let Jesus forgive you. Have a new life. A whole lot more effective than the Sigmund Freud psychoanalytic theory method. And I have no apologies in saying that. I mean, some people need to look for a new profession. Uh, Paul Tournier, who was a great Swiss psychiatrist, is really the answer to Dr. Sigmund Freud. He wrote a series of books. One was called Guilt and Grace. Every Christian should read that book. He saw Jesus Christ and his forgiveness as the means for radical transformation of the psyche. Exactly the opposite of Sigmund Freud. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What does it mean he's gentle and lowly in heart? It means he forgives you. It means he knows what you've done. He understands the frailties of your character, and he wants you to come to him anyway. So Jesus commands you to let the negative memories of the past go. He's not there for you in the past. He's right here in the present, in the future for you. And he also commands you to stop dwelling on past successes because he's not there either. What do I mean by that? It's possible to live so much in the past and to focus on what God has done for you that you don't let him do anything for you in the present. I mean, you can be encouraged by past victories, but they're not about 
God's present calling your life right now. He wants a new song in your heart. He wants a new victory for you. You may have baptized a thousand souls and built many churches to the glory of God. Maybe your ministry experience is full of this long history of successes. So what? What matters is what he's doing in your life now and what he will do. Jesus is focused on the future for you, friend. So in this too, it's important to forget the things that are behind because even good things can become a stumbling block to make you lazy in your spiritual commitments in the present so that it sabotages the upper call in Jesus for you. When Reaching Hearts International started, it was about a lot of things. Some of them were righting wrongs. Some people were standing up to various things. Well, you realize it's not what we're about now. We're 10 years into the future. Reaching Hearts is about winning souls for Christ. It's about planting a church in an area where there is none. It's about the radio which was envisioned then. Yes, that has carried through. I look out over this congregation. Many of you here today were not there. It's about a new work that God is going to do and is doing here. That's the kind of vision I want to belong to. And so forgetting the things that lie behind, the bad and the good that are no longer relevant, and focusing on the good that is before us. Power pack principle number one to review. To move ahead, you must forget what lies behind. Let's move to power pack principle number two. Nothing is impossible for Jesus Christ in your life if you rely on His strength instead of yours. Did you hear me? Let me prove it with the Bible. Philippians 4.13. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I like that promise. What does this Bible verse mean? Does it say I can do some things through Christ who strengthens me? Does it say that? It doesn't say that. Does it say I can overcome some sins through Christ who strengthens me, but I'm going to hang on to this or that because I can't really overcome that? Does it say that? No. Does it say I can do most things through Christ who strengthens me? No, it doesn't say that either. It says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, period. Do you realize there's no room for excuses in the church? As a believer, you can't say, well, you know, I've had this rough time and I really can't serve. Well, you're not a Christian if you can't serve the Lord Jesus who died for you on the cross because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can say, pretty, excuse me, I have just married or I bought a cow. All the excuses that can come up to keep you from going to the wedding feast, none of them work. Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. If you have Jesus and you're called to make a difference in the church and the world, you will succeed in that calling. The key to all of this is Christ. His strength in place of your strength. It's possible to work in your own armor and your own power to get nowhere with it. The key to all things is Christ. Realizing, of course, that faith in Jesus is not legalism. I want to be very clear about that. We're not here to impose some kind of guilt trip on someone to motivate them to live for the Lord. God doesn't want that kind of service in your life. Realizing, of course, that faith in Jesus is not legalism. Your level of commitment in the church to service is a good indicator of your faith in Jesus. If you have no place for service in the church, it's a good indicator you are not walking with Jesus. Your level of commitment and stewardship is a good indicator of your faith in Jesus Christ too. 
I ask the question, do you have enough faith to believe that a faithful tithe returned to God will not bankrupt your finances? Do you have enough faith to believe that sacrificial giving beyond the tithe to support the local church will not destroy your retirement plan? Or do you feel that God's answer is so small, His power is so insignificant in your life, that if you put your full energy into it, that following God will bankrupt you? Is that how you think? Jesus said, whoever takes up the plow and looks back, that person is not fit for the kingdom of God. Do you have enough faith to carve a good hunk of your personal time out of your week and to give time to God in serving the church and serving others? Or do you just believe that all that's necessary for you to do is just show up in church, put a few pennies in the plate, and feel good about being a Christian? Friend, the committed Christian is a working Christian. And let me take it a little further. Do you have enough faith to believe that you're little given in love and you may not have a lot? I mean, the devil likes people with little to think that if they give it, it won't matter. To believe that you're little given in love, that it won't matter? Not everyone is super gifted in the church. I know this because I'm not super gifted. I have maybe one gift or two. If it weren't for everyone else doing their part in the church, I wouldn't make it. I know that. I don't have the gift of administration. I need people in the church with the gift of administration to make sure that things happen. Many gifts I don't have. Oh, I'm so sorry. Unfortunately, we are completely out of time for today's message. We will conclude this broadcast at the next time we get together, and we hope that you'll join us then. But you can always go to the website to find any information about this message right there under the broadcast schedule at reachingyourheart.com. You can also help us out with a financial contribution on that website. That's reachingyourheart.com, where you can send your contribution to Reaching Hearts International, 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. That's 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Keep that address in mind. That is also the address for the worship service every Saturday at 11 o'clock. And we hope to see you this Saturday. For Pastor Michael Oxentenko and everyone here, please also know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.